You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Venizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. Whosoever willed could come. You know, that reminds me of what Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 11 and verse 28. Come unto me, all ye labor and are heavy laden, and come unto me and find your rest. And so it is today. All who will may come. Yes, many do not, unfortunately, but none can say the possibility of repentance from sin and turning to Christ are beyond them. God has offered His salvation to anyone who would accept it. And today, Pastor Mike reminds us that this is an urgent decision to make. He points to the scriptures that declare Jesus' return will be just like the days of Noah. That is, people will be going about their daily lives with no concept of what is about to happen. This warning reminds us that making a decision to follow Jesus is not something to be put off for later. These aren't truths intended to frighten us. But Pastor Mike does want us to act. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of Genesis chapter 7 as he continues his message, Noah and the Ark of God, Genesis. God knows your limitations. He's not going to allow something to come into your life that will just overwhelm you where you can't be victorious. Understand that. God is in control. When you give your life to Christ on your conversion experience and you're born again of the Spirit of God, make no mistake about this. He does take control of your lives. And he's orchestrating all of the details, as I so frequently remind you, He's working behind the scenes. He's pushing the buttons, pulling the strings. He's allowing or not allowing certain things to come into your life on the basis of his plan, his perfect plan. And so he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. So don't blame anyone else when you fall into sin or you succumb to temptation. The problem lies with you. But with that temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You know, one of the forms of ways that you might be able to escape it is just lace up your Nikes and run as fast as you can, you know, out of there, really. That's it, basically, for some of us. That's all that it takes, right? Okay, so we're preserved from temptation and sin, but that's not all in our security and safety in Christ. We're also preserved from injury. Let me give you another cross-reference. In the 91st Psalm, in verses 11 and 12, for he shall give his angels charge over you. 
Do you realize that God has assigned a certain angel to watch over you? That's not a kid's story, something that mom and dad would tell you, remind you about before putting you to bed and tucking you in at night. That's the truth of the matter. And, you know, one day we're going to, when we enter into heaven, you know, I honestly believe that we're going to be introduced to those angels. And we're going to have some interesting conversations that are going to be really eye-opening as they remind us of how they, you know, saved us from this situation. And, and Mike, remember the day that you were in New York at a certain time in the evening where you shouldn't have been there at a certain location? But I was with you. I was by your side. And you came that close, man, to ending it all. But I was there to preserve you. You weren't even aware of the fact that I was there, but I was there. We're going to have some interesting conversations. You can be sure of that. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. Verse 12. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. So we're also preserved from injury. But more than anything else, probably most precious to us, we are preserved from judgment. One of the most beloved verses of Scripture anywhere in the Bible, John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, gang, we are totally secure in Christ, even as Noah was totally secure in the ark. Now, that brings us to our second point. So do you see the parallels? Do you see where I'm going with this message? It's all about Jesus. The second lesson that we learn here, the second lesson has to do with the grace of God, God's grace. So if you're taking notes, write this down. This is our second point. Again, let's go back to our text here in Genesis. The last, notice here, the last thing we are told in this story, verse 16, before the waters begin to come in, before the waters begin to rise, we are told in verse 16 that the Lord shut them in. Now, that is at the last possible moment. Now, I want you to think about this in context. For the last 120 years, right, Noah was preaching about God's righteousness, what God expected of the people. He addressed the subject of man's sin. He warned them about the impending judgment. And he also warned them about the coming of the flood. And folks, there was not one single convert. Can you imagine that? This is the preacher's worst nightmare. You hold a Sunday morning service and no one shows up. And unfortunately, this has been a reoccurring dream of mine. <laughs> you, know, you know, I remember uh, having a conversation with Pastor Greg Laurie from a New Beginning radio broadcast in the Harvest Crusades, and Greg and I go way back, but I remember when he was first getting started with the New Beginning, way back, when we were just kids, man, starting our ministries. I remember he was thinking about, he had just gone on air in Seattle, Washington. So he wanted to kind of like test the waters, and so he contacted one of the churches, and at that time, I don't know if Wayne Taylor was already there or not, I don't even remember, but Wayne Taylor has an ongoing ministry right outside of Seattle, Washington, very strong ministry there, large church. But this might have been prior to Wayne even being there. So anyway, he contacted some church. And so they did some of the legwork and preparation. They found a, 
facility that we could use to do a radio rally for a new beginning. And Greg was going to go up there for the first time to preach. Well, anyway, he went up there. And after all of his preparation and prayer, and, you know, we didn't know what to expect. And there was only a handful of people. I mean, just a couple. You can count them on your one hand, how many people actually showed up for the radio rally. So anyway, that's a, it happens occasionally. But it's a, sort of like, it's not a dream. It's more like a nightmare, you know, that often preachers dream. But can you imagine? And Jeremiah was another guy who exactly liked this. He was raised up by God with a message to warn God's people Israel about their impending judgment, how that he was going to raise up these other nations who were going to come and, and destroy them and carry them off into the captivity and lay them low. Not one convert. Could you imagine? And these guys just continue. For 120 years, Noah, right? you think he would have become discouraged. Not one convert. Come on. No fruit of his labor, right? Think about that. But nevertheless, he just continued on, right? Man, it's amazing. Not one convert in all of that while. But nevertheless, now the time had come. The rain was going to begin, the 40-day and 40-night cycle. And now God had instructed Noah, Noah, take your family, get into the ship. And now they're walking into God's ark. They're probably being taunted by the people who are standing by as they're moving in. And then we are told, according to our text, for seven more days, those doors remained open, even while Noah and his family were in the ship. And they were open for anybody who believed and wanted to escape. You know what I call that, folks? I call that grace. That's grace. What magnificent forbearance on the part of God. You know, God would have been absolutely right if 120 years before, you know, not even saying to Noah, hey, Noah, build an ark, and telling him about the flood that was going to, God would have been just, God would have been right if he just wasted mankind altogether 120 years before. But he didn't do that. That's called grace. What magnificent forbearance on the part of God. No one that was present that day in the day of judgment could say before God the possibility of belief was closed to him. You know, that's going to be true of every person that stands before the great white judgment throne of Jesus Christ in that last day. No one is going to be able to say, well, I never heard, I never had the opportunity. And if we begin to plead that sort of case, you know, I can only imagine God will remind us of our praying grandmothers. You know, the time when you were invited on a Sunday morning to come out to harvest by one of your co-laborers at your place of employment, and you heard the message, and you blew off the invitation to receive Christ. You know, there's gonna, a screen's going to come down from heaven, and there's going to be a, a movie projected upon the screen with the title, This Was Your Life. And broadcast upon that screen is going to be all of the opportunities that you had to make a decision for Jesus Christ. And all of your excuses are going to be wiped away one after another after another. Whosoever willed could come at that moment for even another additional seven days, that door remained open. So whosoever willed could come. 
You know, that reminds me of what Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 11 and verse 28. Come unto me, all ye labor and are heavy laden, and come unto me and find your rest. And so it is today. All who will may come. Yes, many do not, unfortunately, but none can say the possibility of repentance from sin and turning to Christ are beyond them. God's ark, who is Jesus Christ, is our security. Now that brings us to our third and our final point, our third and our final lesson, and that is we learn from our text that there is in fact an end to the grace of God. An end to the grace of God. Listen, gang, it's true. God's grace is great, but it's not unending. And if rejected, the day of reckoning eventually comes. Oh, take heed. You know, how often we toy around with sin. We've even deceived ourselves into thinking, you know, I know what I'm doing is wrong, and I know that I've only given like 80% of my life over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, but, you know, I know I'm going to get around to it. I really do love the Lord, and I'm going to get around to it one day, that other 20%, but you know what happens? You never get around to it, unfortunately. And things continue to go on as they have right from the very beginning, you see. So if rejected, the grace of God, the day of reckoning eventually comes. So don't buy into that idea and notion. Don't allow yourself to be deceived. You know, one day I'm going to get around to correcting that thing or I'm going to rid myself of that sin. I'm going to stop doing that, this, that, and the other thing. Listen, for one final week, the door stood open. And God only knows. I mean, you know what? For some of us, and God forbid, and I'm not trying to scare you or anything, but for you, there might be a period of seven days left, and then the judgment's going to come. One of the problems with being a young person is that you think you got a lot of time to make the necessary adjustments in your Christian experience. Oh, I'm going to get around to it one day. You know, I know I'm going to get around to it. I got time, right? I'm a young person, and I got my whole entire life before me. I wonder how many of those people that died in that tragic event where the bridge collapsed on them while the cars were lined up and stopped at that traffic light at Florida International University, I wonder how many of those people that perished in that tragic accident were students who were probably like 20 or in their early 20s. Think about that. You never know. God forbid. And listen, believe me, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm pleading with you. I'm appealing to you, you know, to get right with God if you're not right with God. This is just between you and the Lord. I don't know. I hope and I suppose that all of you are, in fact, right with God. But if not... This is just a good dose of preventative medicine, what we're talking about, right? But how many of those people perished in that accident who thought, I got my whole life ahead of me? I'm a freshman in college. Come on. It happens. How many times do we hear like these crazy things? I always use the example, and this is sort of like a weekly occurrence here in Manhattan where a yellow cab jumps the curb and plows into a bunch of pedestrians, and lives are lost, and people are crippled, limbs are lost. How often? I mean, we hear about that all of the time, right? 
I mean, we live in a crazy world with all of these variables. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. So if rejected, the grace of God, the day of reckoning, you can be sure, eventually comes. Because God is faithful to his word. For one final week, the door stood open. But then the week ended, and guess what? The door closed and the flood came. Okay, so I want you to think about this. Jesus is the one who opens doors and shuts other doors. Now, remember I told you that I was going to come back to John's gospel in chapter 10 that depicts Jesus as the good shepherd. But in verses 7 and 9 of John's gospel in chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. So he is the one who opens doors, but at the same time, he is also the one who shuts doors, even as he shut the door of the ark. And then he also refuses to open them when the time of grace is gone. And to exemplify this, I would remind you about the parable that Jesus told us, the story about the ten virgins that is recorded for us in Matthew's gospel in chapter 25. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Okay, so let's think of these virgins as the church. And that's really the idea here, okay? We're supposed to be ready to meet the bridegroom at any time, right? We're to go out to meet the bridegroom, to be joined with him for all of eternity. Now, we know that. All right. Now, there are 10 virgins here that represent the church. Now, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Listen, there's always wise and foolish within the church as it relates to preparing to receive the Lord to make ready to receive the Lord when he comes back for the church. There are some who are like, you know, going on to maturity. They're growing in their walk in their relationship with the Lord. Then there are others who are stuck in neutral and who are thinking, I'm going to get around to it one day. I'm young. I got time ahead of me. There's, you know, plenty of time. I heard that before Jesus. I got saved 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and I was waiting for the rapture of the church to take place, and it hasn't happened in 40 years. So I got time, right? That's a lie of the devil, by the way. Be careful. It's, in fact, the, it's the lie of the Antichrist that the Lord delayeth his coming, right? That's what we're told in the epistles. Anyway, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Verse 3, those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. Now, the oil, the symbolism of oil in the scriptures represents the Holy Spirit. That's how we prepare and ready ourselves to meet our Lord, the bridegroom. It's by anointing of God's Holy Spirit, walking in the Spirit, being filled by the Spirit, led of the Spirit, you see. That's how we make ourselves ready. It's just yielding to the work and the ministry and the operation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Verse 4, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, and go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose, and they trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. 
But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding. And notice, what does it say there? And the door was shut. That was it. The five who were unwise, what happened to them? They were shut out. Verse 11, and afterward the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Listen, for the people of Noah's day, it's now too late. There's no other ships. There's no other routes of escape. Now it's only scratching and clawing and begging for entry into that ship. And their laughter has now turned into horror. Listen, in these last days, God has raised up many Noahs crying out, warning us. But just think of what a privileged group of people we are. I think of all of the wonderful men and women that God has raised up in our generation, you know, to warn us about Christ coming back for his church, pleading with us, enter into God's ark, Jesus, who is our great escape. And so for you, praise God, God's day of grace has not passed. There's still time, right? We still have the opportunity to make those necessary adjustments, to get rid of that sin that we've been messing around with, to get rid of that whole attitude that we have that prevails in so many Christians' lives, I'm going to get around to it one day. Praise God, his day of grace has not passed. But you can be sure it will pass one day. But today is the day that we can seize the opportunity, the moment. Won't you come now while there is still time? God said to Noah, come into the ark. Jesus said, come unto me all ye who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Let me ask you one final question. Are you securely safe and dwelling in God's second ark, who is Jesus Christ? Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17. And listen, he doesn't want anyone to perish. It was never his intention to create man to only judge them and destroy them via the flood or cast them into the lake of fire. That was never God's intention. God loves you. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17. This is God speaking to us. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him take of the waters of life Freely. In my father's house, there's a place for me. In my father's house, where I long to be. Oh, my You've been listening to Pastor Mike Finizio here on In My Father's House. He is working his way through the book of Genesis. If you were blessed by today's message and want to pass along the blessing, 
You can find the link to give to the ministry on our website, harvestnyc.org. We have so much available to you there, including many audio messages and links to streamed messages. We stream every Sunday and Thursday service. Once again, that's harvestnyc.org. Another way to pass along the blessing is to share the messages with someone else. Maybe God put someone on your heart today as you listened. You can send them the links as well. In My Father's House is a ministry out of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Midtown Manhattan, New York City. We're easy to find with access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. Come by and see us. But if you're from another part of the country or world, we'd love to know. Please send us a quick note at harvestnyc at verizon.net. That's harvestnyc at verizon.net. It's a great encouragement to Pastor Mike and the team at In My Father's House to hear where these messages are being listened to. There is nothing more beautiful than the global body of Christ. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to our podcast for Daily Doses of the Word. Just go to Spotify and search for In My Father's House with Mike Venizio. And then just click follow. Well, we have filled our time for today. Come back and see us again, because there's no better place to be than in my father's house with you. 